Nice digs, man. Like your place. <laughs> you know, I say this every time somebody says that, but I'm, it, you're not everybody. Uh, I know it's Ben Affleck's it beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he used to own this. Yeah. Uh, I, I, without the music, it, this place really needs music, but we can't have music as we're talking. But, right. like, it is a nightclub. It's supposed to be. It was before it was a podcast studio. This is where I partied. When I bought this place, this thing, room, was filled with video games, <laughs> which I'm the least interested in <laughs> video games, you know. That, that came with a house? That's what Ben had here, yeah, I think. Yeah. You know, and uh, it was just very different. But it was, but the structure was the same, and it was so cool. It was crooked. You saw the door is crooked. It's just like it's built on a hill on the. It's just weird, and I always loved it. You just feel. It's nice you to feel a vibe about a place. Where yeah. do you, where do you live? Not too far away. I, I'm up um, uh, in the Hollywood Hills, oh, like so uh, you live in, in the Bird Streets, like up like. Oh sure. Yeah. And like, how long have you been in that house? About as long as you, about twenty years. Okay, so you were mature enough when you moved there to be, I feel like at a certain point in life, like, you know where you're supposed to live. You walk into it and you just go, oh, yeah, I'm supposed to live here. Mm -hmm. Whereas when you're young, I'm living in an apartment where just like it's whatever I could get. Right, right. For the money, you know. But I felt like when I walked into my house, which is not here, you know, it's over the, it's, it's near here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I said, oh, yeah. First of all, it's, it's built for a single person. Mm -hmm. Like, very few houses are built that way. They're built for families. Right. But mine's like, there's only one other bedroom beside the master bedroom, but then there's like a nice closet and an outer office and an office. <laughs> it's just mm -hmm. not built for kids. Yeah. But was this your first, like, kind of big house? This is my third house, and I feel like I went like up the ladder. Like you, yeah. the first house was like the first one you can afford. Right. It's in a struggling neighborhood. Mine was. I moved because the hookers started to live on the corner. Lived well, <laughs> live, but they started to uh, congregate on my corner. I lived right below Sunset, a little east of Fairfax, right where Hugh Grant got his blowjob. Okay. Remember, remember the famous. I know the plaque on the on the corner there. Yeah. The plaque, yes. Yeah, and uh, that was the neighborhood. And I remember, you know, the the first house. It's it's. You can't believe you're going to go from like I think my rent was three fifty, and now I'm going to have a mortgage of fourteen hundred. It was right. like, holy shit! What did I just do? <laughs> because we were comics, right? right I yeah, mean, yeah. we we started almost at the same. I feel like you Pretty exploded much. in the early, eight, it was like 83 or something? Yeah, like when, 80, it was like 84. And, and I remember my, my, my first place. What, what year was my Bologna? My, gosh, my, well, my Bologna was not, you know, uh, that was, was not, 79 was the original. 79? When it came out the first time, yeah. Oh, cause that's interesting because that was my very first year in show business. I mean, that's why you, for my first year out of college, that's when I moved to New York and like started to hang out at the improv and catch a rising star. Yeah, and, yeah. and it's very weird. You know, I almost called myself Weird Bill. <laughs> even, you know, even weir weirder, I almost called myself Weird Bill Yankovic. <laughs> really made crazy. <laughs> what are the odds? And I must say, I always thought when I uh, heard your name. I always thought anybody who's named weird, like that's it. They must be like the most normal guy in the world. It's like an ironic nickname, like, like huge people are called tiny, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> exactly. 
<laughs> exactly. Am I right? Yeah. Right. Most, most, most normal guy in Hollywood. It, it, you seem, you just, you radiate normal when you're not doing your craziness. Yeah. It's great that you can uh, be crazy like that, right? It's a nice I job mean, description. Why not? As opposed to like, what else would you have done in life, <laughs> right? Yeah, I don't right. know. What are your other skills? Yeah, well, I, I got a degree in Where do you in see yourself in five years, yeah, Al? Would know, you like to what's be your, What's here? your 10-year plan? Yeah. Here at Gigantic Films, we're looking for, a, for people like you. We'd love a man like you in our midst. Uh, no, but like, what else would you do? I, I don't know. I mean, I, I got my degree in architecture, but I knew before I graduated I wasn't going to do that. Architecture? Yeah. It wasn't mm. my passion. I didn't, you know, I didn't yeah. love it. I got a degree in history and English, and I knew I wasn't going to do that. I knew I was going to do... Well, not exactly this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. To you in forty years, <laughs> especially when I had the same name. Uh, is this the show? By the way, I just, I just, you just walked out here. Are we doing the show? Or is I, this? I, still I, I love that everybody asks me this. Do you know, <laughs> you, you know, you know. First of all, the answer is yes. To put okay. You in mind of these. <laughs> the, the reason I love this is because I spent a fortune making it so that you felt that comfortable. Yeah. Because I mean. I don't want to point it out and blow it, but, you know, there's cameras all around. What? They're just built in. They're just unobtrusive, and there's nobody else in the room, and at least one of us is getting high. <laughs> Where are you with that, Al? Do you... Uh, uh, not for me, but... You, yeah. Well, thanks, Go, go for it. <laughs> I'm glad I have your permission. <laughs> oh, wait. Are we wearing, like, the same shirt? Very, are we? Very close. Ooh. Are we yeah. moraying? No. All right. No, we're not... You're not that lucky, Al. <laughs> you have to get to know me better before you marry me. Oh. Have you ever had a homosexual experience, Al? Uh, with my wife, yeah. Every, every, every year, like on, on my birthday. Wait, a homosexual? <laughs> <laughs> Are you saying what I think you're saying? <laughs> Probably not. Oh. <laughs> I asked you if you had a homosexual experience. Oh. <laughs> what did you think I meant? I just a sexual experience. Oh, no, I said homosexual. Oh, oh, oh. And then when you said uh, yes on my birthday, I thought you were saying, I no, get it no. in the, I get the ass. No, on my yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I didn't hear the question properly. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so you're making a, a marriage joke. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> One of the staples of yeah. comedy, right? The. Have you ever been, and I'm sure you have, been in a writer's room with, like, you know, a lot of them are guys, and there's just a lot of marriage jokes. Mm -hmm. I mean, not that I needed another reason to ever get married, <laughs> but if I did, was if I was searching for one, it would be, <laughs> how come when you get 10 guys in a room, like 68% of the jokes are about how marriage sucks, right. and they don't get laid, and blah, uh, blah, blah. So when are you getting to settle down, Bill? We've been, we've been wondering about <laughs> you. It, it is really getting, uh, I said I would before 70, uh, but I'm going to go back on that. <laughs> um, how long have you been married? Uh, 2001, so doing the math, that's uh, oh. 21 years. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, that's very uh, noble in Hollywood and very rare. Yeah, when my and wife very... and I uh, both waited till we were ancient and decided that, you know, I, you know. Ancient, stop that. You aren't, you're not ancient now. <laughs> I hate that in, in this country, this, this uh, ageism. It's so ingrained, people do it on themselves. You're not ancient, you look great. No, I'm just being self-deprecating. Yeah, well. Well. <laughs> Why? Are you like from some, uh, 
pussy area of the country where they put themselves <laughs> down like the Midwest. <laughs> the, the, what are the self-deprecating states? There are places. I would say. Where's the map? Let's put I, up the map. I, I think like Minnesota <laughs> is a self Because the people are so nice and polite, yeah. you know, and, uh, you know, they're like Frances McDormand in that movie where she's the, the pregnant sheriff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're just super nice. And they probably yourself, Deborah. Where are you from? Uh, I'm from LA. You can tell by the tan. I've been working on this for a long time. <laughs> and, uh, I, I'm from Linwood, uh, so I, I'm from the hood. I went to the, I went I, I went to the, this is real. I went to the same high school as Suge Knight. Is that right? It is. Yeah. Wow. So so my high school is famous for Suge Knight, Mark Spitz, Kevin Costner, and Fred Gwynn. Wow. Kevin Costner. Yeah. Now, you were not there at the same time as Shug, were you? I was there at the same time with all of those people. You really? No. no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> right. What a stupid thing. <laughs> no, uh, Shug was after me. I don't, I don't think I was, uh, I had high school all to myself. Wouldn't it be funny if you looked at his yearbook and in Shug Knight, it was just like, you know. Him holding Cap- people out the window. Well, ca- no, I had the opposite, captain of the debate. <laughs> you know, like, it was just like honor society. It's like, wow, what, what, wow, happened? what happened there? What the fuck happened when he got out of high school? He was well on his way, you know, and then, ooh, he's a rough one, that Chug Knight. Mm. Yeah. Has, he, has he been in the, in the lounge? No, he's been in prison oh. <laughs> for quite some time. Uh, I did have a, uh, I done him on Politically Incorrect once. Uh, I saw him at a bar once, a bar, it was kind of a club. It was on uh, Santa Monica Boulevard. I think it was called Peanuts. Do you remember that back in the Vaguely. day? Vaguely. I don't know if I've ever been inside, but I remember It was like about. a, you know, it was, this is like. Oh, was, that, was that a, like a disco? What was it? What was it? It was not a disco. It was, you know what it was? It was. It was in the gay area. It was kind of like a lesbian club, but it was like lesbian, but not really committed to that completely. It was like... <laughs> it committed like, lesbian? No, it was like a, a place celebrities went. Okay. Because it had that, you know, any place that has a gay vibe to it at all is going to be hipper, mm-hmm. you know, and more loose and, you know... So there was Are you trying a, to make the lounge gayer, Bill, to get, <laughs> just to get the hip clientele. What did you have in mind? I, I, mean, don't, I don't know. I, I know you only get it in the ass that <laughs> once a year. Well, let me ask you another question. When is your birthday? Oh, <laughs> uh, well, well. <laughs> really? Uh, October twenty third, nineteen fifty nine. When is it? October twenty third. Oh, so you just had a birthday? I did. Oh, I did. And you turned. 85. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, you look fantastic. Thank you, thank you. But anyway, so I was there at this Peanuts place, and Sugar just got out of prison. This is before he went back into prison for good. Like, they really, he, I think he backed over a guy on camera, which is not a good look. But uh, One he, of those oopsies. You know. Yeah, it, uh, but he, uh, he had just got out of prison, and he was there with all his, you know, like, crew and... Uh, a lot of, anyway, I pissed off <laughs> one of his soldiers, a, a girl, a lesbian girl. Uh-huh. I think it was like, you know, his one of his recruiters. What did he do, Bill? I, like, there was this floor show, and like, she like, stood right in front. Of, I just said like, excuse me, I'm, uh, you know, you just got right in front of me. And she was like, all of a sudden, uh, it was very out of control. And uh, my friend thought we were going to get killed, but then I, I ran up to, I ran up. I, I, my friend wanted us to run away, and I was like, "No, I'm not gonna look over my shoulder my whole life." Right. You know. I remember they were wearing like the red. Um, 
it was L.A., the famous L.A. Dodgers cap, but in red. Uh-huh. And it's sort of famously blue, that <laughs> the L.A. Dodgers, yeah, you yeah. know. So there's a statement right there. Uh-huh. Uh, there might have, been, <laughs> might have been a little <laughs> gang influence. I, I don't ask questions. <laughs> anyway, long story short, he said he watched Politically Incorrect in prison, so I was okay. So Politically, okay. politically Incorrect did save my life. <laughs> so... Were you ever on Politically Incorrect? I was. Thanks for remembering. <laughs> well, come on. <laughs> it was the 90s. It was the high point of my life, Bill. And you don't even remember. I, it could, you could have been with Kissinger. I wouldn't have remembered that either. It was me and Gibby Haynes. Gibby Haynes. From Seriously? Butthole Surfers. Who? Oh, come the on. The Butthole Surfers. Yes. Oh, this is so 90s. Oh, my God. Gibby Haynes. It sounds like an old Western actor. When you said, I thought you were... <laughs> Give me hands! Yes. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yes. My biscuits are burning! <laughs> Remember him and Let's Kill All the Indians? Yeah. <laughs> That's a little dated now. Yeah, it was a comedy. It's, you know, at the time it was funny, but now... Eh. They had a very bad attitude about that. Oh, <laughs> did you see the uh, Sasheen Little Feather thing? I, I heard, I, I, tell, tell me the story, because I, okay, I saw the well, headlines. She just, right, I saw the headlines, too, and it wasn't usually be the th- thing I would read, but it's, it's, it's once I started, it was so fascinating. Like course, she's not really a Native okay, American? Or? That's part of the story, yes, that she, <laughs> if people don't know who Sasheen Littlefeather is, she just died in 1972. Uh she accepted the Oscar that Brando won for The Godfather. Right. He wanted to make a statement, and he didn't want to go to an award show. So he sent her in his stead. It was a famous thing in right. America at the time. We all were. Right, right. And she got up there and accepted the Oscar. Now, if that happened today, she'd get a standing ovation. Woke Hollywood would love this like you can't believe. In 1972, booed. We were not just booed. They told her if she went... Uh, over her time, she would be arrested. Oh, I didn't Not hear that part. Booed. And Will Smith rushing the stage to slap someone would not have been the first time that happened because they had to restrain John Wayne from doing just that. He wanted to go up there. The crowd was jeering her. Okay, so listen to this. She takes, she gets off stage without getting arrested, goes to Brando's house to give him his Oscar is shot at. What? Uh, was not hit, but on the door, step, shot at. Oh, I did not know this either. Wow. I know. Isn't that amazing? Is this just coming out or is this coming out? It was in the obituary. This all was plain knowledge. Wow. But Yeah. But you just, to think about the difference, this was liberal Hollywood of 1972. <laughs> and uh, Well, John Wayne, I don't know. <laughs> I thought... Quentin Tarantino was here a couple weeks ago, Uh and I told him, you should make, you know, this movie, because I know he loves alternative endings. I mean, he did it with World War II. He did it with the Manson murders, right? I said, tell this story, but (laughs) instead of just Sasheen Littlefeather getting shot at on Brando's doorstep and then cowering, 
have her become like a badass revenge. He loves women revenge, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, revenge right? Uma Thurman, and have her go after all those people who were Jerry, all the people of the day, Jack Lemon and uh, David Niven and uh, Leslie Caron, whoever the stars were, yeah. and of course the last one she'd have to fucking kill like a badass you know, Buford Pusser or right, Bill, right. Billy, go Billy Jack on fucking John Wayne. I like that. Isn't oh. that a great movie? That sounds great. Sashin Little, she's an Indian. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> and then the other part of the story, you're right. We find out she's not an Indian. So what is that, what is that all her about? Her sisters outed her. Well, she's, I, you know, I think they said, it's a, it's a, a kind of a poignant comment. I think their comment was something like, um, she felt there would be less prejudice against a, a Indian than a Mexican, which I think is what she was, or something would be easier as an Indian than a Mexican. I feel like it was it was definitely an, uh, you know, they were saying, given the prejudices of America, which were so much more profound at the time, obviously they shot at her, <laughs> liberals. <laughs> you know, it was Not probably, Jack Lemmon, no, though. No, it was Walter Matthau <laughs> and, and fucking, you know, Roger Moore. I, I mean, <laughs> the fact that just that you could hire actors to play all these stars yeah. of that era yeah, yeah. and then kill them, <laughs> I think it's just hysterical. Yeah. Now, do, do, when did it come out that she was not actually native? Do, like, just very, like, Brandon didn't know, I guess? No, that just came out. Yeah, okay. The other part about getting shot at and the booing, that all happened and it's been, uh, uh, people knew it, uh, but we just didn't. wild. It just wasn't widely reported or we just forgot or we didn't care. But when she died, it came to surface again. But the thing about her not being Indian, that is new. Okay. And I don't care. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just interested in the Tarantino yeah, let's side say of it. Quentin well, deals with that part of the story. Right. <laughs> yeah, and it, that's really interesting. It's a really interesting part of it, and you could weave it in. Anyway, Quentin, somebody's going to make this movie. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> chop, chop, here you we know, go. I'm Come. just saying, if it's not you. <laughs> I have so many people who work for me that I am grateful for. The guy who washes my solar panels, the guy who walks my dog Chico and the dude who gets the weed smell out of Club Random. Or pipes it in, I can't quite remember. We can also be grateful for those who make our work lives easier. That's why it's so important to have the right people on your team. And if you want to hire these people for your business, you need ZipRecruiter. And now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com random. What's to appreciate about ZipRecruiter? It uses powerful technology to find and match the right candidates with your job. You can easily review these recommended candidates and invite your top choices to apply. Four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. So if you want a stress-free hiring process, trust me, You'll be so thankful you tried ZipRecruiter. Just go to your special URL to try it for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash random. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash random. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. We are brought to you by SignalWire. SignalWire powers the future of cloud communications. Built by the original geeks of software-defined telecom, their mission is to make it simple for anyone with a great idea to build whatever they can imagine. The OGs at SignalWire have spent decades solving the most complex problems in communications. No, they can't help you make Thanksgiving dinner any less awkward when Uncle Ralph starts talking about the deep state. But for the computer-related communications problems, SignalWire has got you covered. 
Whether it is voice, messaging, or video, SignalWire has the APIs and SDKs to create unique and intelligent communications experiences from within existing applications or websites. Join the millions of other customers like Amazon, Ring, and Home Depot who are using SignalWire to build the communication experiences of the future. Visit SignalWire.com random to sign up for a free account. Go to SignalWire.com random and build what's next in real-time communication. Go to signalwire.com slash random. That's signalwire.com slash random. In today's hyper-polarized media environment, it often feels like you're forced to pick a side, the echo chambers and mainstream outlets, or the conspiracy-heavy corners of social media. If you're not satisfied with either of those options, come join the Lost Debate. It's a show for anyone who wants to escape their bubble and engage with ideas from across the spectrum with the kind of good faith discussions we need more of as a society. Lost Debate is hosted by Rabbi Gupta, a former Obama staffer and school principal and superintendent who spent years on the front lines of America's political battles working to preserve our democracy, and Ricky Schlott, who joined me on Real Time a few months ago. Ricky is a Gen Z New York Post columnist and libertarian fighting to protect free speech for her generation and beyond. Together, they cover all the latest news, arguments, ideas, and trends with balance and nuance. They have constructive discussions that sound less like shouty cable segments and more like conversations between real people. So come join the conversation. New episodes of Lost Debate drop twice a week, every Tuesday and Thursday. Find them on Amazon, Spotify, Apple, YouTube, or wherever you get your shows. What about drink, Al? Do you drink? Oh, yeah, I'm drinking a Fiji water. Here we go. You, sh mm. you, sh you have a lot to celebrate. You have a, you have a big fucking Woo! new... new <laughs> 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 and you're going to get ass sex in only 11 months. <laughs> no, you're, you're, uh, you're movie. you got a big movie. Yeah. Look it's at just you. doing well. I think it's doing well. You know, the thing with streamers, this is actually the reason why I wanted to sell it to a streaming uh, platform in the first place. You don't know how well it does. And I was uh, I was a little gun shy after UHF came out and um, UHF. You know, uh, yeah, I, in 1989 it came out. My that's oh. my first movie. I, I I spaced my movies 33 oh. years apart. I you were saying that was a streaming service. I'm like, oh. <laughs> I, you know, like even UHF is yeah. in streaming. No, but but my first movie did not do well at the box office. And and which uh, was that? Sorry. Which was what? UHF is the name of the movie. Oh yes, I remember that. Sure you do. I do. Like I remember Gibby Haynes. <laughs> give me hands. <laughs> but no, I, the, thing, the thing was, I, uh, you know, I, if I, I said if I put out another movie, it would be nice to not, you know, not bomb and not even have a chance of bombing because nobody, nobody knows the numbers in the streaming services. So it's getting great reviews and people seem to like no, it. No, it's big. I know because yeah. I'm aware of it. Yeah. Because like I, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know. I guess I'm, I'm just not cued into that side of the news cycle more that most people are m much more aware of pop culture mm -hmm. stuff and I'm much more aware because of my job yeah you know I'm much of serious political stuff so when something like that gets on my radar I mean I haven't seen it but I'm dying to see it because you're funny you've always been funny I always thought your music was hysterical well, thank you um and I've heard I've, people there's a buzz about it because again it, if it got on my radar <laughs> It means something. Really, I'm yeah. serious. And I know things about it that, like, sometimes, like, I know things 
and I don't really want to know them. Yeah. I call that mind raping. Like, <laughs> I did not have my, I did not give consent to know who Scott Disick is. <laughs> you know, I was mind raped uh, there. You know what I'm uh-huh. saying? So you just, it was not consensual <laughs> that I know lots of pop culture stuff. Yeah. But this one, I was happy got on my radar. Well, tell me what you know about it, and I'll, I'll confirm uh, others. I know that it's an origin story and kind of a, a parody of origin stories in in music, you know, biopics, yes. which is a ripe area yeah. for parody, I think. Yeah. You know, um, because it's it's become very popular with, you know, uh, what was uh, the Queen, the Bohemian Rhapsody, and, and Rocket Man came out Rocket recently, Man, and all and these. There's yeah, Aretha. Elvis. Yeah, Elvis, right. Yeah. Um, I assume you've seen all of them. Yeah, yeah. What we, are you, we had to do research. I, I, wrote, what, I wrote off the movie tickets on my taxes because it's... What you know, are your reviews? You know, they, uh, I, I enjoyed them all, but they, they upset me as a fan because, you know, I'm a big Elton John fan. I'm, I'm a big Queen fan. But, you know, I look, I look at these movies and uh, I, I just notice where they just take liberties. Even times when they don't need to, but, you know, they just change the facts around. I, they oh, change the chronology around. It drives me nuts. Yes, I can't believe you said it because I went to the Elvis movie in the theater. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, I'm a giant Elvis fan of a certain period, not his early period, but like as a singer, I do love the, Elvis. The bloated period that we all love. I do. That's yeah. it. Yeah. That's when he did better music. Uh-huh. And it wasn't all bloated. He only got bloated the last two years. Semi-bloated. He was not. <laughs> you know that he was always bloated, even when he looked good, but he would then slim down when he had to go back in front of the cameras. Mm-hmm. But between films, when you didn't see him for a couple of months, because that was the era when you could just not be seen for a couple of sure. you know. Sure. And he wasn't on the road in the 60s. No TMZ? No TMZ, no, <laughs> no nothing. And he would get fat as fuck, and then he would get slimmed down. But even uh, up until like... Like 75 is when he looked bad. That's 75, 76, 77, his last three years, yes. But I've checked that. He was on the cover of People magazine when he was 40, and he looked fantastic. So it wasn't, maybe that was his last hurrah of Uh being in shape. I remember, I have it, I saved it. I I would love to look like that, Elvis, and it said, Elvis is 40. Like, oh my God, can you believe it? (laughs) Elvis is 40. Oh, but look at that good on 40. (laughs) Exactly. But, uh, no, I, the movie drove me crazy because I know Elvis's biography very well. And there was so many unnecessary sort of uh, changes they made. I understand because they want to make things more dramatic, but Elvis's life is dramatic. You know, he, he didn't go into the army because they were about to arrest him for wiggling his hips as they presented in the movie. That's more dramatic. He escaped. No, he's just drafted like everybody was drafted. Right. You know, the the stupidity of that scene where he's making his his comeback special, but it's really the Christmas special, and then at the last minute, without anybody knowing, he does a completely different special, as if you could do that, like bring in sets in two hours and wrote a, you know, they, he's watching Bobby Kennedy get assassinated, and then he writes, If I Can Dream. Well, I love If I Can Dream. It's one of my favorite songs, but it wasn't written by him or then. 
That's one of the things that they do in all these biopics is that they take things that happen oh. like days or weeks or months or years apart and they have them all happen the same night exactly. because it makes more sense from a storytelling perspective. And then they put a little uh, disclosure on the screen. Some events have been conflated. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, in other words, we just fucking made it up yeah. as much as yeah. we wanted to. Which is what I leaned into with my movie. I figured, okay, if I'm going to do, do a biopic, exactly. facts out the window. Like, nobody cares. Well, I would expect no less from yeah. you, Al. <laughs> It's a parody of a biopic, essentially. Yeah. Well, I can't wait to see it. It's on Netflix? It's, uh, well, you can, no. <laughs> no, what's it on? Uh, from what I remember, it's on the Roku channel. It's free. But you don't need, well, the Ro- what do you mean? The no, Ro- it, the Roku <laughs> channel. I have to educate you. The Roku channel is free? Yes. You go to the RokuChannel.com, and it's, it's... I thought Roku was the box that... Well, they do that, too. <laughs> they, they, they make TVs, they um, make apps and devices, really? and they also have an actual channel. And then once in a while, the whole thing crashes, and they have a little <laughs> animated Roku doll that comes up on the screen. Is that? Oh, I yeah, have not and it kind of dances, and I'm like, "What are you dancing? My, you just <laughs> crashed my thing." I guess sometimes it has to reboot or something. Oh. I don't know. It's all complicated. <laughs> I, I, well, I, I miss the rabbit ears. I miss, <laughs> I miss going up on the roof and adjusting the yeah. antenna. Ooh. Well, so Roku channel. Yeah, the Roku channel. So this is their their one of their early forays into original programming. And, I see. Uh, and thankfully, they decided that they wanted to be in the Weird Al business. So, do, <laughs> do, so um, do we all have the Roku channel automatically? We well, if you have a computer, you have the Roku channel. So we're born with the Roku you're, you're channel. Born, it's we like a chip in your brain. <laughs> it's not like something I have to order like no. Netflix. Wait, if I, I have, mean, if, if you want to watch it on your TV, it's got a, you know, I don't have all the info in front no, of me. I, but have, I see Roku. Yeah. I mean, it's so, my, so, you, so you can certainly watch so it. So I must have it. You if mu- I have you the box, have I must have it. Yeah. Okay. Oh, great. Fantastic. Yeah. And you don't have to subscribe. Like I said, it's, it's ad-supported. So, you know, every now and then you'll see a commercial. But Oh, really? Yeah. But not in the middle of the movie. Uh, well, yeah, like, 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 yeah. Really? There's a commercial in the middle of the movie? There is, but oh, it's, but okay. Bill, it's All right, free. there's a commercial in the middle of this, too. There, there see? So see? I'm not, I'm not busting your balls about it. <laughs> but I just, I'm glad you prepared me. Okay. <laughs> if you see somebody selling something in the middle of my movie, it's, it's not something that I thought of. It's so, the, the age we live, it's so funny. You know, first of all, well, I grew up, as you did, in the age of, like, Johnny Carson, and when people were plugging their movies or something that was formal, and the band's playing, and I'm, hey, how you doing? I'm, sure. hey, I'm on the couch. And now it's just like, you know, I can say I haven't seen your movie yet. It's okay because we're much more honest, but, mm-hmm. but it's honest also that I really want to, and I heard it's great, which is actually a better recommendation than it got on my radar. And then, you know, we can just uh, learn all about I, I, the idea that Burt Reynolds would come on and boy, Sashin Littlefeather's gonna fuck him up too. Oh no, he's actually Indian. Bert he, is? Yes, give him a pass. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yes, Bert Reynolds is part Indian. Well, I don't know. You know we, yes. we do a whole Boogie Nights thing in, in my movie. It's a, a whole like pool party scene that's inspired by, by Boogie Nights. And Dr. Demento in my movie is sort of modeled after Bert Reynolds' character in Boogie Nights. Oh, really? Kind of, yeah. I love Bert Reynolds. Yeah. He was awesome. All right, so, but the idea that, like, Burt Reynolds or somebody would be on Johnny Carson's show, and then Johnny would have to, and, and this is on, um, you know, <laughs> ABC or something, and then have the way, the delivery system described to him, which is what you're telling me. Uh-huh. 
I mean, that's a very big difference from the 70s, where we kind of knew what the delivery systems were. Well, there's like three you networks. Have to plug, you know, it was like, <laughs> it wasn't to, very confusing back then. You have to plug your movie right. and how the fuck to get it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Okay. Well, so. We'll, we'll figure it out. I'll, 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 I'll make sure that there's a Roku channel on your TV. I, I, <laughs> well, I mean, it shows that they uh, have a lot of faith in you because obviously they're launching something. Yeah. I mean, yes, I'm a little out of it, but <laughs> I think it's indicative that I did not know they even had the channel. Yeah. And I'm sure many people do because people, again, follow this stuff closer than I do. But I don't, but they have probably haven't had a giant hit yet. I mean, like I said, this is sort of brand new for them. They're just getting into original programming, and they're known for, more for manufacturing TVs and devices than they are for programming, but, but this is like a big like, sort of gamble for them. I thought we had laws against that. I thought, <laughs> I thought you're not allowed to, like, make the TV and also make what goes on the is TV. Is that true? Well, I think, yes. I mean, there are laws like that, antitrust laws. Monopoly laws. Are like, we still following those? Uh, <laughs> that's now. That's a good question. <laughs> don't make me get political. <laughs> okay. Are you very political? Uh, I am, but I don't talk about it publicly. What about here? Uh, is this public? <laughs> is anybody watching? <laughs> I love that you asked that. And by the way, so did Lisa Kudrow, Jay Leno, um, somebody last week. Oh, but he was a professor type. Of course, he doesn't know where the cameras are. But yes. Some real show business veterans have been like, are we on? <laughs> or, <laughs> we get, you segue into that, it so smoothly. Be a, exactly, because like, you know, this is my little uh, genius. I can be friends with somebody so quickly. Only if I like them to begin with. That's uh -huh. the truth. But then we don't invite anybody here who I kind of don't know I'm going to like. I, I love the fact that I can meet people for real who I maybe have met a couple of times or barely at all, and then in the end of an hour, feel like, oh, I know this person, or at least, you know, we're literally friends and not just friendly. Yeah, yeah. I always make that distinction in Hollywood because everybody thinks that, you know, who's not in showbiz is that we all know each other. Like, it's just like a club. Yeah, it's sort of like a lot, a lot of friends uh, in, in, in town sort of like get together for podcasts. That's like their social thing. It's like, so, so what are you yeah. doing Thursday? I want to be on my podcast. Yeah, it's almost like, uh, what did the Amish used to do? Like a barn, barn raising? Oh, the barn or, raising, yeah, or yeah. A, you know, a potlatch or something. <laughs> a, a podcast, it's kind of like, oh, yeah. Well, do you have a podcast? No. I, I, I think I'm the last person in Los Angeles without you a podcast. You really are. But you don't need one. Yeah. You know? I'll be in every You're a rock podcast. star. You don't, you don't need to, like, slum with us <laughs> chatterers. <laughs> it's never too early to start thinking about holiday gifts, whether it's for a friend or the friends in your pants. <laughs> you can make this a season to be jolly with Manscaped. Do your little drummer boy a favor and use the lawnmower 4.0 because you don't want that open fire to burn the hair off your roasting chestnuts. Then add in Manscaped's top-of-the-line shower products to have the people thinking, all I want for Christmas is you. Santa cares about his sack, probably way more than Mrs. Claus does, and so should you. Look nice when you get naughty and get free shipping and 20% off by going to manscaped.com random. It's important to find that grooming routine, or at least pretend to give a shit. 
The Manscaped Platinum Package 4.0 is the one-stop shop for the man who deserves it all. It has everything needed to help you deck the halls from face to balls, just in time for mistletoe season. The Platinum Package has ultra-premium body wash, two-in-one shampoo plus conditioner, and deodorant. It's the best way to smell fresh from your Santa hat to your candy cane. The Lawnmower 4.0 Body Trimmer and the Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer feature proprietary advanced skin-safe technology to protect your delicate presence. There's also an LED light on it so you can light the way like Rudolph. All of Manscaped's great gear is sulfate-free, vegan, and made to have your skin feeling hydrated and smelling fresh. The Platinum Package 4.0 sitting under the tree is guaranteed to put anyone in the holiday spirit. And for the perfect stocking stuffer, add in the brand new Body Buffer, an incredible body scrubber that makes exfoliating easy and a lot cleaner than that old loofah. Get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com slash random. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com slash random. Manscaped, get your jingle balls ready for the holidays. No matter how much we try to prepare for the holiday season, it's always stressful mailing gifts to everyone. And then you wake up in the middle of the night panic going, oh damn, I sent my mistress the fruitcake and that box of dildos to grandma. It's that time of year when seasonal excitement, or dread, is really starting to settle in, especially for small businesses. Slaying through traffic to the post office, inbox more like a blizzard than a winter wonderland, rushing to send cards and gifts to your loyal clients, it's not too late to get your holiday mailing and shipping under control with Stamps.com. Sign up now and you'll be printing your own postage in minutes. Stamps.com is your one-stop shop for all your shipping and mailing needs. For more than 20 years, Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses. Get access to the USPS and UPS services you need to run your business right from your computer. No lines, no traffic, no hassle. Even save money with major discounts on USPS and UPS shipping rates, up to 86% off. Use stamps.com to print postage wherever you do business. All you need is a computer and printer. And if you need a package pickup, you can easily schedule it through your stamps.com dashboard. Rates are constantly changing. With stamps.com's switch and save feature, you can easily compare carriers and rates so you know you're getting the best deal every time. And if you're running an online store, stamps.com works seamlessly with all the major shopping carts and marketplaces. This holiday season, trade late nights for silent nights and get started with stamps.com today. Sign up with promo code RANDOM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and enter code RANDOM. And you still tour, right? Yeah, I, I just literally got you off of a six-month tour. We, we, six months? Yes. Yeah, we did six months. Uh, when you say tour, you don't tell me that you're away from home the entire six months. I am. Really? You don't see your own house for six months? That is correct. I would never do that. Why? Because you have a show every night? Uh, basically. You don't, like, even, you don't even build in like a week here or... You know, we, we, we tried that before. We tried like, like oh, let's do oh. something humane, like have like three weeks on the road and one week off. Yes. Which sounds great in, in practice, but... But then, uh, like during that week that's off, we're still paying everybody's salary. We're paying for two trucks. We're paying for two buses. That's and right. at the end of the tour, we're like, how come we didn't make any money? So now when I'm on the road, 
I'm on the road. Holy shit. I mean, man, do I feel fortunate. Because I, now it depends on your personality. Some people are more nomadic by nature. You yeah. must be. I'm a homebody. Yeah. I never stop doing stand up. I'll be I'm on the road this weekend. I'm in, in New York. I, my, my home is the bus. I mean, I literally live on the bus. I could not live on a bus. What wow. is the point, Al, of being this wealthy and successful <laughs> and living on a bus? You know who lives on bus? Buses? Poor people. <laughs> or like somebody who goes out in nature and like that guy in the movie Into the Wild yeah. who lived on a bus in the middle of nowhere. Eating berries yeah, in the back exactly. Like a, or a how about bus in a war zone? You live on a bus. I'm sure it's a nice bus. Yeah. Still I mean, a bus. I, I like it. You know, the rest of the band and the crew, they check into a hotel. But, you know, I've got my internet backstage and in the oh. back of the bus and I've got TV. And Oh, other people get hotels and you stay in the That's bus? That's correct, yeah. All by yourself? No. Yeah. With your wife? Well, she doesn't travel with me. <laughs> oh, yeah, six months. I'm mean, she gonna do like you know. Six months. Yes. She's a widow for six for half the year. Well, I mean, every she year? she comes out and visits like you know every few weeks whenever you know she wants to like get out of town. Yeah, or whatever, I bet but... you she comes to the good cities. I'd... Chicago, yeah. honey, I'll, I'll meet no, no, you she, there. That's exactly. <laughs> she she looks at the itinerary and goes oh. like, "That's a Boise." I, oh, <laughs> I've heard that from other people about wives and tours. Yeah, they don't come to the sticks. <laughs> the wives do not. <laughs> There's no, I'll be meeting you in Indianapolis. Right. And I love Indianapolis, yes. but they just don't come. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm glad we settled that. So you deserve that birthday ass fuck. <laughs> uh, or whatever it was. So, okay, so you're on the, oh my God, Al. I've got to talk you out of this. Well, I'm off the road for a while. We we uh, we finished at Carnegie Hall. I've never played Carnegie Hall before. That was fun. We did that, and uh, now I'm off until we do a European tour starting in in February. I played Carnegie Hall once. They they should get over themselves. <laughs> really, I mean, I remember there's like the one place where you can't like videotape your show. Right, and I think the money was bad, and it, it was it was kind of it's felt like the money. it's not about for the money when you're playing Carnegie Hall. But right? that's what they're and they that's. Bullshit. Well, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a hall, okay? It's a hall, and people come and watch you do your thing like they did, and, and that you should be paid the same because they're selling the idea of it's Carnegie Hall. And it's like, okay, well, you know it, what? You got me. And, and it's very union, I know, because the first time I was booked to play Carnegie Hall was like in the 90s, I think, and I was all excited. But back then, so the tour we just did was like a um, the vanity tour. So it's literally just the band sitting on stools and playing their instruments. Very, you know. How many people in your band? Uh, five, including me. But but this this tour was very. And then of, how many in the crew? Oh, about a about a dozen all total. So it's a yeah, like so I we, mean, yeah, two it's like any other rock show. Yeah, but I mean, the first time we tried to play Carnegie Hall, uh, we we had the show booked, and uh, we were uh, told that because of all the unions. Uh, if even if we sold out, we would literally lose a ton of money. <laughs> so we had to, we had to cancel. So so we did, figured with this tour being at like no frills, like literally just these guys on stage playing their instruments, we'd be able to make it work. I, I, I don't want to like make you cry and tell you how I live my life. Tell me. Well, I only go out for thirty hours at a time. I play two cities because I have a job on Friday night. Weekend warrior stuff. Yeah. And not even every weekend. 
But I always like, and I don't go on a bus. I go on a private jet, mm -hmm. and I fly, and I I wake up an hour before the plane leaves, and I fly to a city on Saturday, go like maybe have time to check in the hotel, maybe just go right to the venue, do the show, stay over in that city. That first city is always one of those A cities where the wives would come. Right, right. <laughs> and then the second night, fly, fly to the next city, get up late, you know, have breakfast at 2 in the afternoon, go to the next city, go right to the venue, do the show, and fly home. That sounds great. I mean, I, I've always been a little envious of of, of comedians that can, you know, travel nope. by themselves and keep all the no money. I, I share, I, keep all the money. I share all the, the, oh. the cash with, like, 20 people. I don't, <laughs> I don't have to tell you what, what happens on my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> but, look, I'm not a rock star. That's the other thing. It's like you... The reason you do this, the reason you're away for six months at a time, it's not the money. You don't need the money. I know why you do this. It's the it's that old story about Bob Hope. And they said, why? You know, he was on the road like when he was 89, mm -hmm. 250 days a year. And he said, somebody said, Bob, why do you do it? He said, well, the gardeners don't applaud. <laughs> yeah. I mean, That's it's, it. It's a nice, you know, it, it's it's you a know, drag to be away from home for that long, but, you, you know, know I love it. You can't tell, exactly. That's what I'm saying. I mean, I, I, you can't Emo, tell jokes to squirrels. Emo Phillips opened for me on every single show on this last Emo tour. Phillips. We love Emo. But I, he, I love Emo. He actually got depressed at the end of a six-month tour saying, like, I, I'm so sad that this tour is ending. He just just loved being on stage so much. Well, his name is Emo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he's going to get sweepy and... Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad Emo's still working. Emo yeah. was, uh, I remember we did London together in 1992. Mm. Some show in London where they booked American comics and we were on it together. And uh, he was funny. Yeah, he's he the best. He is funny. Oh, I'd love to see Emo. I'd love to see your show. You should. Yeah. Could. Uh, well, I'll be in uh, Paris next uh, March, so we'll see you there. Paris? Yeah, that's part of Europe. So you do Europe too? Well, that's that, amazing. Not not often, but we're going to do it next year. And and I, I'm hoping it's going to translate because like a lot of my humor is like American pop culture I mean, references. That's brave, Paris. I mean, I know lots of comedians who play Europe. I did it myself in 2015. I'm glad I had the experience. Um, again, me with my 30 hours away. <laughs> I'm a homebody. I'm not going to do it again. I liked it. Did you do it in any any countries that where there where yeah. English wasn't like the primary? No. I mean, you could you can play. Easily, you can play, of course, Amsterdam. You can play Germany. You right. can play, obviously, England, all over England, Scotland. You can play the Nordic countries. I played Oslo and I played okay. Stockholm. Yeah, you but know, those, those are most of the places we're playing. So those are okay. Pa Paris is a whole different kettle of fish. First of all, they have a bad attitude about anything but French. Uh -huh. So they don't speak English the way all these other countries de rigueur. They don't teach it in the schools, and like they are. Outliers, for example, the Beatles, the only place in the world where they were met with, meh. Really? Was Paris. Really? Absolutely. Everywhere else in the world went gaga for Beatlemania, and the Parisians, I mean, I'm sure some of the, I'm, yeah. I'm and, sure they got laid over there. <laughs> okay. I but mean, but you, you play Paris or no? No. Okay. Because I'm saying, uh, I, not just me, American comedians don't play Paris. Very, yeah, they, yeah, because it's just not the place, and they don't speak the English. <laughs> so, I mean, that's who who suggested this? 
<laughs> I just go where I'm, I don't book the shows. So I look at the itinerary and go, right. oh, look well, where I'm I mean, playing. it's brave, and I'm sure they know what they're doing because nobody likes to lose money. Yeah, but, yeah, but, I, you know, especially for, I mean, I've got the music to fall back on, but I feel exactly, bad. Exactly, it's music. I, I feel bad for it's emo music. to go out to a crowd and, and you know, yeah, if, if they don't know what he's saying. Emo or, might have a problem. Mm. Um, but maybe it's changed. I don't know. But I sure avoided it like the plague. And I don't know any other American comedians, and lots of American comedians do play those kind of European cities. I don't know anybody who plays Paris. Hmm. But I could be wrong, and it, I'm sure it'll be great um, when you're doing the music and there's songs that people have heard. You know, it's not like when a comedian does a joke, the charm of it is that it's completely new. Right. Whereas you're doing songs that they know. Well, maybe, because, again, the, the tour that I'm doing is like the, the No Parodies tour. It's like not only is it no... Oh, is that right? Yeah, so the, the whole thing is, is uh, it's called the uh, Unfortunate Return of the Complete, or the Ridiculously Self-Indulgent Ill-Advised Vanity Tour. So it's like all the stuff that nobody wants to hear. But still funny. Yeah, no, it's still a comedy show. Right. But it's not like the hits. It's not right. like, you know, we're not I doing Eat it. it, we're not doing like a surgeon. And it's why like, did you decide to do this masochistic thing? <laughs> <laughs> because uh, we wanted, I didn't. I got tired of putting on the fat suit for the thousandth time. Right. And I was like, you know, can right. I just do one tour right. where I'm just like, we're just right. going out and being musicians, right. you know? Yeah. So we did that in 2018, and, you know, as an experiment, and we sold out. People loved it. Great. So we just did it again. But we haven't done it in Europe, so that's going to be the big. <laughs> right, that's going to be the big experiment. Well, you know, first of all, Europe is a great town. <laughs> I, I've always said that, <laughs> and I think that um, it becomes more and more like America, for good and bad. Yeah, um, mostly bad, but <laughs> some good. So whatever I think worked here, I, I think you'll be fine. Okay. I don't think people book somebody of your stature without knowing what they're doing. I mean, who's your agency? Uh, I keep forgetting it. <laughs> no, it's it's uh, WME. Who? De uh, William Morrison. Oh, WME? Yeah. Oh, Ari Emanuel. Yeah. <laughs> One of my closest friends. Not my agent. I love him. But, uh, yeah, he, he, they, 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 they're not the kind of agency that fucks up. If they book you in Paris, you'll do fine in Paris. But and tell if I them, don't, I will blame you, Bill. So tell them for me, fuck you okay. for the for the beat. I will use those exact words. <laughs> fuck you for the way you treated them. <laughs> I mean, that's just what I read about the, the Beatles had a, uh, a a whole like two week residency there in January of '64, just when they were they got the news that they had their first hit in America when they were in Paris. Uh huh. It was, uh, they had had hits in England for a year, but they had just broke the American market, which is what they, all the English bands always wanted to do, was break the American market. So many English stars, pop stars, thought they were gonna be worldwide stars, and then they crashed in America. And the Beatles thought that was likely what was gonna happen to them too. Mm -hmm. So they were beyond thrilled uh, when they got the news, when they were in Paris, that I Wanna Hold Your Hand was number one in America. But that fucking French audience brought them down the next night. No, <laughs> so they were there for two. They had two weeks of man. Yes, they were at like the Olympia or some some theater where they oh. played. You know, and I'm sure they had asses in seats. I, but they just, you know, it's kind of like it sounded to me kind of like when um, people sometimes play Japan, mm -hmm. and they don't realize that their way of showing appreciation is less. Um, 
It's very polite. B- boisterous, shall we say? Yeah, because we say that sometimes, like, oh, that was a very Japanese audience tonight. <laughs> <laughs> very, very, yeah, they, right. they were there. <laughs> right, yeah. I've always had that argument with certain comedians who say, uh, there's no such thing as a bad audience. Mm. And I, that's my, my, I, my, I am on the other side of that. Yeah. There is absolutely such a thing as a bad audience. What there isn't is an audience who knows they're bad. Ah. They don't know they're bad because we're the ones who hear different audiences each night. Right. So we have something to compare it to. <laughs> right. They have nothing to compare it to. <laughs> they're just there. And they think they're fine. They you, don't, sh- you should have a lot like on your iPhone, like, this was last night's audience. Suddenly so, have some, some comparison. <laughs> I'm sure when I was just starting out and like horrible at stand-up and lashing out at the audience <laughs> for my mistakes, I'm sure I said some version of that like, last night's audience loved that joke. <laughs> <laughs> I think when I was 25, I actually did that. You know, like, <laughs> Did it help? <laughs> no, of course not. It really makes you... <laughs> No. Well, thanks for the feedback. I was, we'll, we'll do better now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. As if an audience would react that way to being browbeaten with an unflattering comparison. It made you feel better, though. Yeah. Well, you know. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what your, what were your early, like, the first times on stage, the first year? I mean, my memory is mostly pain. Yeah, mostly. I mean, I, I think the our very first tour, I think the very first show we had. Tour? Well, how, how could you have a tour if you didn't? How did you build up to even having a tour? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm just saying that, the, that when we've had a, our first tour, like, there were like nine people in the first show. Right. But, but prior to that, I mean, in 1982, I've, I've talked about this a, a bunch, we, we opened for the band Missing Persons. Do you, do you remember them, Missing Persons? I know the name. I can't but remember. They're very popular in L.A. Right. Uh, Terry and Dale Bozio. Um, but we were at the Santa Monica Civic, and I was opening for them. And this is before I had a record deal. I had some airplay on the Dr. Domeno show, some airplay oh, yeah, on K-Rock. Dr. But I was very, very, you know, just starting out. And I, we got had the opening slot. And uh, I remember I walked out there uh, with my accordion, and people just started throwing stuff. Right. Like 45 minutes. Solid. <laughs> solid. And I, I've never, to this day, I've never seen an audience like this before. They didn't even applaud, a courtesy applaud at the end of the song. It was just like, get off the stage! Like 45 minutes of that. And and I will tell you that they, they threw everything that wasn't nailed down. And after the, cur- after, the, after the curtain went down, this is such a vivid memory. I remember this so clearly. After the curtain went down, our whole band was on the floor picking up nickels and quarters <laughs> that were thrown out. It's like, oh, a quarter. But what did they throw? Like like bottles? Yeah, well, um, I mean, it wasn't any. If they did, it didn't hit anybody. Right. But they just threw everything. No, I was I was thrown at. I, <laughs> so first of all, I was thrown at. Uh, I, I was opening for Niels Lofgren. Yeah. Who uh, then joined the Springsteen band? Yeah, Niels. Um, yeah. Great, great player, great guy. I don't know him well, but we correspond every once in a while. He's just a great guy. I don't think I even met him that night. I was just the opening act. And he was an up-and-coming rocker, and it was in, like, a suburb of Baltimore, as I recall, in some room. And, yeah, I mean, it was just like, what a great baptism. And you had to stay up there because you, if you got off, you wouldn't get the money. Right. They, they may even have said that to me, <laughs> anticipating the barrage <laughs> of debris that was going to come my way. Do you, do you ever troll them when you know that it's, it's, like, bombing so badly that, and you have to stay there anyway? 
I no, I think I I tried to I, I don't know. It's so long ago and it was such a horrible moment, but I did I think I was just thinking about the fact that you know, I can do this. I can stay up, yeah. you know, that's it. you're not going to get me to leave. Yeah. I think it was all that was in my head. Al Franken tells the story sometime about how he would just lean into it. Like, I forget if he was opening for the Grateful Dead or some some band that was very popular, and he was not popular at the time. And uh, and they would start booing him and, and just yelling for him to get off the stage. And he'd say, no, 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 you don't understand. The, the more you boo, the, the, the sooner the band plays. And, right. and, and, and I, and I want to tell you jokes. Don't you understand? Right. <laughs> and he'd just get madder and madder and madder. That was Al Franken? Yeah. Man, do you remember when he was in the comedy team with Tom Davis? Sure, sure. Did you ever see their special? They did a, in ninth, like 82, right around there, they did a special for, uh, I think, I believe it was the Fledgling Showtime Network. Uh-huh. It was, it was taped live on a, on a campus. Some of the funniest, like, two-man comedy. You should check it out. Oh, they were, I, don't, I don't know if I've seen that special, but is it oh, the, yeah. the, the broadcast... Uh, Museum or something? How would I say no, that? No, it's just it's just them doing different sketches. Like there's one where Al plays um, <laughs> a male prostitute who is not gay, but he just is giving uh, hand jobs for five dollars, <laughs> blow jobs for ten dollars <laughs> under the bridge. And just it's very uh, you know straightforward interview about it's just an economic thing. Um, there's one where they sketch where he's talking about um, what to do if you have to drink and drive. You've been at a party. (laughs) (laughs) You've been asked to leave. Your girlfriend has passed out. You're going to drive. You know, wrap whatever you're going to (laughs) hit around the biggest piece of metal you can find. You know, just advice on drinking. I mean, it was so politically incorrect. At the end, they bring on their parents. Like, wow. I think he did that. That sounds, that sounds familiar. And it, that, of course, have they, they, did they do that bit other places? I, I have seen I them. think so. Yeah. When they bring, it's, of course, not really his mom. Is, yeah, yeah. But they're, they're so proud of us, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and, then, and then the mother says one, like, like critical thing in the show. She's yeah. they're very good, Al, but do you have to... Like, shut up, Mom! Yeah, <laughs> the show ends with, fuck you, Mom, fuck you, Dad. <laughs> to just to do, end a special with, fuck you, Mom, <laughs> fuck you, Dad. I just feel like... We need more of that, you know? <laughs> we need to bring that back. And then to think, yeah, we do. And then to think that that guy went on to be a senator mm-hmm. and then be an unsenator for really no good reason. Yeah. You know? I've been an unsenator my whole life, so I'm used to it. I mean, I know Al pretty well. I mean, uh, he took a, a gag photo that they lost their shit about. Mm hmm. You know, I mean, there was accusations of, I don't know. It was like his hand was on my back when we took a picture. You know, it was. Yeah. And the one, some of them were just not credible. And it just didn't add up to like, and I don't know. Just just like people hate weakness. And like they hate that way more than whatever the horrible picture and I, his hand moved down my back was that it's just and you know but i don't know if you follow politics the democrats did very well last night compared to expectations you know i i've uh, shut off social media for the last 24 hours because i didn't want to like be part of the horse race i just wanted to just tell me how it ends 
Just tell me we the don't story. know because we are of a stupid system where like they they take months to count the votes in places. Uh-huh. It's really gonna the Senate is gonna be decided by Georgia, and that won't they have to have a runoff there. It won't come in until December sixth. Ugh. You know what? I don't know. Yeah. It's but it's not like we're asking for the check. I mean, I always say it like when you read the paper, it does seem like the world is going to hell in a handcart, and it really is. But life has not yet gotten bad. I mean, your life is fantastic, yeah. right? I mean, you wouldn't do the road unless you needed to. Yeah. I mean, unless you wanted right, to. Right, right. You yeah. don't need to. It's fun. You're, you're doing something fun. Right. You're, you're a 60-something-year-old man who's <laughs> getting up there and singing weird songs and funny lyrics and people are laughing at you and you get that drug in your veins of mm-hmm. hearing that laughter. And like Bob Hope said, the gardeners don't do no, it. No. You've got to get out. You've got to <laughs> find it. You've got to get that drug. You're, man, you're an addict. You know. <laughs> so what do you do the other six months? So is it six months? What, is it always? I mean, there's no schedule. There's no schedule. I mean, you know. Uh, no, but if you're six months on... Then, like, when well, did this tour start? Doing the math, uh, yeah, I mean... When did this tour start? This this last tour started end of April and just ended, like, last week. Okay, so now you're off till next April? Um, or you don't the, know? The, the, the European tour is, like, uh, February, March. Oh. And after that, uh, no plans. Right. Literally no plans. So now you have, like, a few months off. Yeah. So what do you do? This. <laughs> Hanging out. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna, you have a spare room? This is a nice place. I mean, I, I could... I do. <laughs> I do. Um... No, but really, what do you, you've got... I've got, you know, I, I haven't seen my wife in a while, so we're reconnecting and right. doing that. Um, you know, I'll probably, like, play video games in my underwear for a couple of weeks. Uh, you know, I just, I mean, just just un- unplugging, Kids. just decompressing. Kids? Uh, I think, yeah, no, there's one, there's one. There is a kid? Uh, yeah, no, I, I've got a 19-year-old <laughs> daughter named Nina, and oh. she, uh, she goes to school back east. Oh, but it's holiday time. You'll see her. Yes, yes. Okay. So what does she want to be when she grows up? She's, well, not not sure, but she's <laughs> majoring in English and environmental science and art. So she'll save the world somehow, I'm sure. Okay. So, um, see so you, family time. But, like, what? that's a lot of hours to fill. Like, if you ask me, like, what, because I have time. This is when I'm approaching my, like, big break because after... Um, I think the 25th, which is maybe right after, I know I have two more real times and I have one more, two more stand updates for the year, but the last one is Vegas. Like I think I'm doing Vegas. You know what I love about Vegas? The people there, of course, also addicts, Mm -hmm. gambling addicts. So they don't care about holidays. You can play Christmas Day. Oh yeah, no, yeah, yeah. (laughs) They're like Christmas, fuck Santa Claus. I'm down $8,000, okay? Um, so I think I'm there Thanksgiving weekend, whatever. After that, I'm off for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. Like, and what are you going to do? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But I will give you. You can have I, Christmas I will, with us, Bill. I'm I will, so fine. I will, fine. I don't want Christmas at all. <laughs> I will give you an answer. You avoided mine. I will give you an answer. I did not I, avoid your answer. Well, you're, you you're very vague. For yeah. the amount of hours I feel like reconnecting with my wife, I have a daughter, is very vague. Here's my answer. Like, uh, catch up on masturbation. Okay. Um, also, just like, I'm a chronic organizer. Mm. So, like, I'm sure you're familiar. We know each other well now. I can say the word <laughs> with entropy. Yes. Oh, so you are. You play a... 
you play a weirdo, but you're actually a very smart guy. I knew that. <laughs> Nobody that rich is nuts. <laughs> but uh, life tends toward entropy, mm -hmm. the, the tendency of everything to go toward randomness. Yeah. Um, the universe is tending toward entropy. I'm not going to worry about it because Trump is still a lot. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But I still worry about the heat death of the universe. That's something that's always on my mind. The hate death of the, the universe. heat death. Heat. Because at, at some point, billions of years from now, it's all going to... What, what if know. it's not billions? <laughs> what if it's faster than we think? And Could be. Happens like Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but entropy. Yeah. Like the tendency of all things to get more random. And like, I think the professor I had in college who explained it was like, if you don't um, tend to your sock drawer, for like a month, mm -hmm. the socks are all <laughs> you know, mixed up right. and mismatched. And okay, so like all year long, entropy happens, and then I can't stand it, but I don't have time to fix it. And then at the end of the year, I can I can like sit home for a month, like, and, and I really don't have to see anybody or do anything, and I'm just like puttering around the house, organizing, stuff. filing your socks, filing my socks you know, winnowing the book, have my books are all like by category and in order and like getting them out. I mean, my t-shirts are in order. You are you know? the kind of person that has to do it yourself? You couldn't could just like delegate? To. Yes, yeah. Exactly. I pack, when I pack for the trip, I always do it myself and I pack just the amount I need. Mm -hmm. like, <laughs> like we were away somewhere a few months ago and there was plane trouble and we couldn't leave that night. So we had to stay over one more night. And I was like completely fucked. I had no soap. I had no, I had no you know, like toothpaste. Like I take just the amount I need for the time I'm away. Right. Well, I learned my lesson then. Ah, oh, talk well, about. You're lucky you get to pack for two days. I have to pack for six months. <laughs> right. <laughs> How do you do How it? do you do it? How do you? So what do you do all day when you're living on a bus? Why do you want to be on a bus in the day? I sleep in, I, I, I can't, it's hard for me to sleep on, on a moving bus, so I usually stay up till like six or seven in the morning and then sleep Doesn't until sound Doesn't it smell like day. exhaust? Sorry? <laughs> Doesn't it smell like exhaust? No, I lost my sense of smell a long time ago. Is that right? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, doesn't it? A no, bus, I, I, if it like, does, I, I don't even notice it. I feel like this of a bus that maybe I'm remembering from when I used to take the bus in New York and I get it at the Port Authority and I just felt like it would carry that smell of busness into outer space. I mean, it doesn't smell bussy. It doesn't. No. Really? I, not, I don't, not to me, at least. I mean, it's a nice bus. I'll bet it's state of the art. I'll bet it's state of the fucking art. <laughs> what? I'm sure it is. It's nice and a nice bus. So. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome on the bus, Bill. Uh, well, you know, maybe. I'd like to see the bus. Okay. So what, what, what are the accoutrements on the bus that... Like what do you? There's like, a refrigerator. No kidding. Well, I mean, it's not like and it's like not like it's got a not, it, nothing of a disco ball hanging from the ceiling. It's it's like, no. you know, it's got not, a TV. It's got some TVs. It's got TVs. a bathroom. Uh, it's got a bathroom, bathroom which a shower which nobody ever uses. But it, but, a full, but it, and the bathroom doesn't feel like a bus bathroom, right? It feels more like a private no, plane bathroom. No, it's, it's not elaborate, but it's still yeah. And, it's, and I, I shower. Uh, at the venues, so I, I wait for that. And uh, but are other people on the bus at some point? Well, 
Yeah, I mean, that's so how we travel from place to place. Right, of course. So there's other people in your home, basically, for six months of the year, all day. Well, they're like my brothers, so it's... it's I'm just saying, uh, we're just different yeah. people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, what, what about... Uh, I've heard, you know, like, this rule about the bathroom. Oh, it's totally true. I hope so. Yeah. Just thinking about it, I'm disgusted. Yeah. Yeah. So, but but, but that's just something. You know, there's this phrase, "Nature calls." Right. I mean, what happens? You train your body, Bill. Really? Train your body. Really? Yeah. You can't like a dog. (laughs) Like with a little litter box. Yeah. (laughs) In the front lounge. Holy shit. Yeah. So nobody ever does it in the bus, but you. But you can do it. No, I do not. Even at night when there's nobody there and it's just you, you must. No. Really? Yes. <laughs> no number two on the bus. That's the number one rule so where in do rock you, and roll. Where do you do it? At at uh, like gas the, stations? Well, at the hotel. I mean, the band checks in the hotel, so I'll go into the hotel to use the bathroom, or if we're, there, we're the venue, I use the venue. Okay. So after tonight. Yes. Uh, I don't want to say this on the air, but you're going to email me your net worth. <laughs> and, and depending, isn't, that, isn't that online? Isn't everything online? Depending on what this number is will determine how much shit I'm going to give you about <laughs> going to the bathroom at a gas station at your age half the year. Because I have a feeling that's going to be a very big number oh. and you're going to get a lot of shit. Okay. Because that's just crazy. I mean, nothing could be... Yes, the, 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 the roar of the crowd, the smell of the grease paint... The peals of laughter, the love from the crowd. I agree. That's right up here. And then on the other side, shitting at the Shell station. I got to go with not shitting at the Shell station. That doesn't bother me, though. I see. We're different people. You were different people. People, people who need sheeple. Come on, we'll write a new parody. I just saw Funny Girl, like, last week when we were in New York. I just saw Streisand. There you go. I topped you there, didn't no, you I? You sure did. <laughs> was she on the show? <laughs> no, no, I saw her at her birthday party recently. Nice. Oh, yeah, we're friends. She's awesome. I love her. Did you ever do a parody of a Streisand? I never did, no. Do you have to get permission from people? It's, you know, I, every time somebody asks that, I always use the phrase gray area because it is. Um, it, you know, I don't necessarily need to, but uh, I've made it a policy because I don't like like to, you know, step on people's toes. So. See, that's what I mean. Your name is Weird Al, but you're really this nice, oh. polite, <laughs> reasonable, yeah. I don't want to step on toes. Yeah. <laughs> Please, I could just take your song, but that's just not what I want to do. We need. I want you to be happy. I want you to be happy. I'm good here at the Shell Station. No, 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 no. no. You enjoy. Leave the light off. It's Please. okay. Please. I don't, I'll do it in the dark. It's fine. It's, it's my name on the tour bus. It's my my talent that's selling all this. But no, no, I'll shit no, in the Shell Station ahead. with everybody else, just like a regular person. I'm not a special guy. And what can the toilet paper be like in there? I just, I'm obsessed with this, and it's... What kind of toilet paper? In the shell station and where you're shitting. I mean, it's just like, it's so ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) There must be a way that technology could fix this. So you could have both things. That you could both be on the road. We've got to get Musk or someone smart on this issue. uh, Maybe a house that, like, traveled. (laughs) Would that work? I don't know. Uh, wouldn't it be better than a bus? A house to travel? Yeah. 
I've seen, you know what, I've seen houses on the road when they're moving houses. Did you ever see that? Yeah, I don't think that's a viable option, though. (laughs) (laughs) No, really? What? Hey, wait, that's not a, wait a second. If they can carry it, they can take a house. If you can take a, get a man to the moon. (laughs) (laughs) I have seen this, where they're moving a whole house. Yes, I have too. Okay. People don't live in those houses while they're moving. (laughs) Why? But I, uh, some people see a house on the road and they say, why? I see a house on the road and say, why not? Why not? If you can carry it on the road, why not live in it on the road? And it is a whole house. And they take up like three lanes of traffic, right? I mean, that's like, I don't think that would be, it wouldn't be very popular on the highway. Well, why do they allow them to do it at, at all? I mean, yes, they do take up three lanes of traffic, but it's not like Just they because say. because you can do something doesn't mean you should. Well, and I guess getting through the toll booth. Yeah, that, that <laughs> the, as well. On the New Jersey Turnpike, yeah. it's going to present yeah. a problem. How do houses get through like stuff like that? Or the tunnel looks like it might be a challenge. Yeah. All right, you've aced me again, <laughs> Al. You, you've, you've still made it me on this. I've taken up enough of your time. But uh, congratulations on the movie. I can't wait to see it, honestly. Well, thanks, man. And uh, since you're, you say you live very near. Yeah. Everybody lives in LA. I would love to. I've been to your place now. Right. And you've been on Politically Incorrect. Yes. So you say. As, as so I say. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Oh. It was so long ago, I may not have been on Politically Incorrect. <laughs> I don't remember and I don't oh. want to remember. I don't care. People are like, hey, doesn't pot affect your memory? I'm like, who gives a fuck? <laughs> <laughs> like, and not to the point of I don't remember who I am right, or like right. what I do or, you know, why houses can't be traveled in. I, I'm obsessed with this. All right. Good luck on your Thank birthday. You, Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was fun. I'm going to take the rest of the water home with me, so. Yeah. No, please. <laughs> That's yours. Thanks. That's just the way we are here. Where's, where's my dope?